temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO, festive first half hour. Thank you for your participation. Last night in St. Paul, they played a soccer game, not just any soccer game, MLS All-Star game. And it was a spectacular sight, um, the way it all came together, the weather, everything, uh, for the last couple of days. Chris Wright, of course, uh, before he retired recently, ran the Minnesota United. Before that, the Timberwolves. He's been a professional soccer player. He's been involved in soccer uh, a lot of his adult life and certainly sports for all of it. Uh, and he had a chance to uh, probably really take a deep breath, I hope, and appreciate a little bit last night. He joins us to the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Chris, what what was it like last night to have been there, uh, you know, since the beginning uh, of Allianz for you and, 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 and you're, you know, you've been with this franchise for a while and, and to see uh, a glorious night like that, what was that like for you? You know, Mike, it was incredible um, because when, when you look back, uh, you know, over my brief stint five years with MNUFC uh, at the beginning of that stint we we set out some goals some five-year goals uh, for the stadium and one of which was when we opened the stadium in the first year um, you know could we be the stadium of the year inside of the MLS and the ESPN voted us that after one year but also after three four years could we host an all-star game um, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and bring the best players in South America and North America uh, together and showcase, you know, where this game has gone and grown over the last four, four or five years or so. And um, to see it over the weekend and on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and it manifests itself in these incredible events in the commons outside of the Viking Stadium on Monday night to see the Skills Challenge and that's a made-for-TV event, but still to have 8,000 people there uh, for the Skills Challenge, and then last night to walk in there and see 19,700 people, um, really with a tremendous sort of partisan crowd for the local players, yes, but also for the Mexican uh, 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 players who are incredibly talented, incredibly skilled, all of that happening um, in the midway of St. Paul, it was really, truly remarkable. What was your take on, what was the makeup of the crowd? Was it generally local across the border? Were there a lot of people that traveled here for the All-Star game? Who was it? You know, it, it, it was interesting because I, I normally have a parking pass for all of our games. Yeah. But because of the MLS, um, you know, you they control all the parking passes. They have a tr- tremendous number of VIPs coming in. So I had to park about maybe six, seven blocks away from the game and walking in to see all of the different um, team names on jerseys, both domestic 
and from Mexico was remarkable. I mean, it was incredible. And when you ask people, hey, who are you here to support tonight? Um, you know, they, they would say Chivas from Guadalajara in Mexico yeah. or, um, you know, Club America from, you know, we have two players playing from Club America. It, it was absolutely unbelievable. Where are you from? Well, we came in from Chicago for the game. A couple of people came in from Kansas City for the game. A couple of people came in from St. Louis for the game as you're just walking into the stadium. So if that is what the makeup of the crowd was, I'm sure that 50% of the crowd was sort of local. It was probably season ticket members that we had at Minnesota United who wanted to support Dane St. Clair and uh, Reynoso and, you know, as, as, as they played for the MLS All-Stars. But there was a tremendous number of Hispanic fans from all over the country coming here to watch their favorite players who play on their favorite teams back in Mexico who were part of the Mexican All-Star team that was put on the field last night. Put your marketing hat on for a second. What does this do in terms of boosting the brand or the profile of the United locally just to get that kind of attention? And to, you know, When you're in the middle of it, uh, it sends a message to a lot of people that might be on the fringe as fans. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, I mean, there's so many different ways that you could look at that. But, I mean, if you just take a look at, say, the local media, and, and you know, here we are talking you know, to you tonight about, you know, the game itself. But if you take a look at the media that started really Saturday as everybody started to arrive uh, for the game. And, and then if you, um, you know, we all have threads of different sort of media outlets that um, have reported on the game. Um, you know, that, that game was televised into 180 different countries around the world. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the brand last night exploded. What the impact locally is that your goalkeeper, Dane Sinclair, last night was the MVP of the yeah. game. And, uh, you know, how great is that? He made three incredible saves in the period of time that he was in goal last night, kept a clean sheet, and, you know, kept the MLS All-Stars in the game. Reynoso had an incredible first half, um, you know, and, you know, really raised his stock both locally, nationally, and internationally. Um, last night by the way that he played. So, you know, all of that. Um, and then you take a look at everything that was going on on social media. All it does is broaden the base, broaden sort of the, the awareness of Allianz Field, Minnesota United, in, increases the base, the following of, you know, this incredible, great franchise that we put in the midway. Um, you know, and it just continues to create the demand of sellouts at the stadium. You know, we continue, or they, they now, not we, they now continue to sell out, you know, every single game, which is absolutely phenomenal for the game of soccer in this marketplace. Chris Wright is our guest. You know, I'll give you another example. Dane St. Clair, um, you know, obviously I cover sports, so I know his story. He wasn't the starter at the beginning of the year, and, uh, and now he's an all-star. He had a bad game last week against Colorado, but he's, an all-star. he's tremendously athletic. But all of a sudden, I, you know, I, 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 people hear his story, and they go, oh, what do you mean he wasn't the starter at the beginning of the year? A lot of people get brought in, and now they, they, they take note of stories, don't they, and storylines, and who is Adrian Heath, and who is Reynoso, et cetera. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the the beautiful thing about United is that, you know, you've got, I think it was, uh, when I left anyway, there were, there were 17 different nationalities on that roster wow. of about tw- 28 players. So these players are from all over the world. So it's sort of the melting pot. So it so reflects our community. That, you know, when, when I came on board five years ago, we did some research on the number of uh, languages and dialects that are spoken in the Twin Cities, 251. Really? Nobody understands that there are 251 languages languages and dialects spoken in the Twin Cities marketplace. 
17 different nationalities on the team. And, and so every one of these players has its own following because all of these people that live in our market are from, you know, whether you're first, second, third generation, you are from somewhere that plays the game. You have your own club, you follow your national team. And now you know that Dane Sinclair, actually, who is Canadian, yeah. um, has come from Canada and is now playing on this team. Ray Inoso, who is Argentinian, is playing on this team. And arguably, arguably, they were the best two players on the pitch last night, um, you know, for the MLS All-Stars. I thought so. Go ahead. It's, it, it, no, so it's, it's incredible that all of these players have the, the, their own individual following. But what it, it sort of assimilates into and accumulates into is this incredible following for the beautiful game uh, now in our market. You know what comes next, though, Chris, and you, and you you know this is good news. But when people started yipping about Adrian Heath and, and should he keep coaching this year, early in the year, and obviously they've gone on a hot streak since then. But I thought, you know, this is the first sign. This is what comes with success, can. isn't it? Yeah, because now they're starting yeah. to, okay, it ain't just we're going out to the Allianz to see the game. Now we want them to win. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. Isn't it wonderful? I mean, sports is wonderful. I mean, you know, you're this sort of dirty little secret for a while and suddenly you emerge into mainstream and you're competing with all of the other, you know, major league franchises here in town and, you know, for fandom, uh, for um, space, for share of voice, uh, just like tonight on your show, share of voice is, you know, very, very important. And your fans who take the social media particularly, you're going to have the positives, and then you're going to have the naysayers. And, um, you know, um, it's great. It's great that there are naysayers out there because it leads to debate and conversation. And, you know, you, you know where you stand on any topic, and Adrian is obviously a hot topic every now and again. But nobody can argue with what Adrian Heath has done over the last mm, maybe two months to right the ship get tactics right, and then basically, even with a lot of injuries, uh, you know, get the type of results that he has got and got them into the, they were in the third place for a long, long time, but now in the fourth place of the uh, the Western Conference. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a wonderful thing when people start to really care about their franchises, and we certainly have that here in the Twin Cities, and, and all it does is just attract more and more people. Uh, to, um, you know, the, the, the franchise and the club, you know, that we have and, and the beautiful game of soccer. Chris, appreciate it very much. Glad you were able to enjoy it last night after putting the work in and building the, building the blocks. I'm glad that uh, you and the rest had a night like that last night to just take a look at it and enjoy it. Thanks, Mike. Anytime. You bet, Chris Wright. Nice enough to join us. Thanks, Chris. Not far away, Minnesota Vikings DJ Wanham on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back. Sports the Man, News Talk 830 WCCO. It's a beautiful shot. They're playing a the Field of Dreams game tonight. And when the camera's just right, you see the pitcher pitching in the cornfield in the background. It looks like an amateur baseball game, you know, in Minnesota. That's what it looks like, especially in August when we get that, that corn up around your shoulders. It's just a really cool shot. Uh, Minnesota Vikings play the Raiders on Sunday. Uh, training camp continues for them. Uh, a big piece of it on their defensive line is DJ Wanham, and he joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, man. How's training camp gone so far? Man, training camp's going good. You know what I'm saying? Just, just with the additions of, you know what I'm saying, the new staff and the guy that we brought along, it's, it's going good. 
Daniil Hunter's back, and obviously last year you were with him, and 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 uh, uh, you learned some from him, and you and you played some for him, etc. What's it like to have him around? Man, it's, it's I know it's a great thing just to have him, just from his experience and the things that he's been through throughout his career. You know, what I'm saying just from injuries and you know, what I'm saying and you know, what I'm saying being that top guy in the league, uh, just having him as a mentor, it's, it's just been great for me so far. Yeah, he knows the game pretty well by now, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> you, you know, the uh, the the, uh, the new um, defensive coordinator in Dallas says um, uh, says I want you guys to go out there and have fun and hit people. Right. Is that what he kind of tries to do? Is kind of lift the lid and say, go, "Let's have some fun here. You guys are buddies. Go play. Go 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 get physical." Explain what that feels like. Man, it's it's, it's an unbelievable feeling just to go out there. You know what I'm saying? Not to have not to have too many calls, you know what I'm saying, that you're thinking about throughout the play, just to go out, have fun and play fast and, and you know what I'm saying, just to get after it. And and that's what defensive ends love, right? Correct. That's that's what we that's what we do. That's what we do it. You don't want to sit and screw around thinking about this and that. You wanna go. There's the quarterback go just like you did Aaron Rodgers. Exactly exactly. That's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. So, 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 like a game on Sunday against the Raiders, and, and you'll probably get a lot of snaps on Sunday. I would think. What, what do you try to get out of a first preseason game like that? Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying. First game, I just want to go out there and just play fast. You know what I'm saying. Get any wrinkles and different things that you know what I'm saying. Uh, having this long off season, not playing ball for a minute, just to go out there, have fun, uh, rekindle my technique and different skills that you know what I'm saying that I'm gonna need throughout the season. Just want to have fun. You know they, they don't do as much hitting now as they used to. Of course, you came into the league when they, when they were uh, migrating away from a lot of contact in practice. Uh, yeah. Is it is it a lot different? I mean, is the NFL a lot different than you thought it would be because of that? Because they mandate so much of when you can hit, when you can't hit. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Just the different rules that they had. You can't be on the field for this amount of time. You can't wear pads. You know what I'm saying? Every day. So just. Just having, I guess, just having these rules is, is is protecting us. You know, what I'm saying, allowing us to go out and play fast on on Sundays. Yeah, you know, but but you you've done enough tackling in your life. Do you feel pretty comfortable tackling, or would you like to get more? You know, do, do you need to practice tackling? Uh, I mean, everybody's different. Me, you know, what I'm saying, I feel like I've I've done so much tackling that I'll be able to go out there and, and run through somebody and tackle. <laughs> You know, DJ, I, I don't, I haven't seen you interact with him, but I've gotten, to, I met Harrison Phillips a couple of times. My guess is he's pretty vocal and pretty in tune on the interior part of that defensive line, huh? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, what I'm saying he's yelling out calls and different things that that I may need or the guys may need on the field. You know, what I'm saying throughout the plays and you know after the play. So just having him is a key piece for us as well. Yeah, and he knows the game well. He's a wrestler, man. He, he's got that wrestler's mentality, doesn't he? Oh yeah, three times state champ, man. I don't think you can beat that. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you grapple with him if you had a chance? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him do his thing. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> <laughs> You'll cheer for him, right? Yeah, I'm gonna cheer for him. We're on the same team. Yeah. Well, DJ, we appreciate it very much. Thank you for giving us some time tonight, and best of luck in the in your uh, first game on uh, uh, on Sunday. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for having me. You bet, DJ. One Minnesota Vikings defensive mm-hmm. end. As they prepare to take on the Vegas Raiders, I'm still getting used to that. The Vegas Raiders on uh, on Sunday at three thirty. It must be a TV game because I don't know. Usually preseason games are played uh, uh, at night. They're like Friday night or Saturday night or Sunday night or something like that. Uh, Thursday night, whatever it is. Uh, but they're usually not um, 
not uh, Sunday afternoon, so it must be some national televised game or something like that. I ran into uh, just yesterday, two days ago, uh, I ran into Everson Griffin. And I don't know why, but I run into him from time to time throughout town. Had a nice little visit with him. He's not playing football now. And, uh, you know, he's paying attention to getting his kids raised and, uh, they look like pretty good athletes, et cetera. So it was nice to, nice to see him again, at least connect, uh, if only for a few minutes. The Minnesota Twins play tomorrow against the Los Angeles Angels. They were not good last night again. I got to tell you, this whole, uh, when, when you watch these really good baseball teams and there's what, four of them maybe this year? Uh, the Yankees are struggling right now, I guess. Seattle got them again last night. They're like two and eight in their last 10. Uh, which, although Seattle's been coming on, but when you look at the way the Mets are played, when the Twins don't play them, we don't see them. Houston, uh, the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, it's just different. It, it is different. And last night when the, the, the Twins took a four to two lead and, um, I'm in my car after the news driving home and, and minding my own business, staying in my own lane. And I'm listening to Chris and Dan do the game, uh, Chris Atterbury and Dan Gladden. And, and it's funny because you can you can just feel it coming. All of a sudden, you know, Mookie Betts puts one in play and oh, got a runner on first. And you can hear this this low roar in the background. I, you know, I, you know, I always thought it took a lot to wake up the Dodger fan base, but but they they must be engaged this year again. And you're going, ooh, it just doesn't sound good for the Twins, you know, because you can just hear the, the, this almost this expectation based on the roar that they expect a big hit and they got it. And then, uh, Gallo hits the, uh, who hasn't, you know, he hasn't hit his, his weight this year and he hits a three run home run. I, I, I brought that up with, uh, Vanita today. I said Gallo hasn't hit his weight this year and, and, and I got an email from somebody saying, what, what are you talking about? He hasn't hit his weight. And I thought, you know, sometimes I get so into the, you know, I, I grew up in a dugout in a locker room. Uh, for the most part in my life, I was the I was the you know quintessential gym rat. I, I loved to play basketball, and uh, we'd go train and weight training for for football, and then and then in the same day you'd have a baseball game that night, and that's the way I lived my life uh, growing up. And I thought it was just idyllic. I loved that part of it. I loved you know, in uh, in the perfect day, um, we would uh, we would play basketball at some point in time, lift weights for football, and have a baseball game. And if we had a Legion baseball game. Uh, our football coach would be up there waiting for the game to get over so he could go up and open the weight room. And that was not optional. He just said, game's over, boys. Come left. Uh, <laughs> great coach, Hall of Fame coach Dave Main. And, and we got bigger, faster, and stronger because of it. But uh, in, in a baseball dugout, everybody knows what it means to say you're not hitting your weight. And, and what that means is it, it, let's just say you weigh 180 pounds. If you're not hitting better than 180, you're probably having a bad year. You see what I'm saying? And so that's what they mean when they say hit your weight because most people that play baseball don't weigh more than maybe 220. And 220 is not a great average, right? So so they say, uh, hey, man, you're not even hitting your weight this year. And and when it gets really bad, they say uh, you can't, can't hit your cap size. You know what I mean? So that, that's what I meant by that. When they say you can't hit your weight, it means whatever your weight is, is your batting average you better be higher than your weight. Because if you weigh 150 pounds, you want to hit higher than 150, right? And, and that's just an old baseball dugout thing. I should have clarified that this morning because I got an email on that. But that's what it means when we say hitting. I'm just here to teach you people, you know? I grew up in dugouts. Well, I just try to teach you so that you know a little bit more about it. And I try to help you people out that have never played sports before. And I know that's the vast majority. And just give you a little peek and a little something into it. Uh, so you understand, uh, 
uh, the vocabulary and how we go about our business when we're in the dugout. We, we say a lot of other things in the dugout too that can't be repeated, but, but one of them is you can't hit your weight, you're in trouble. Okay. Plenty more to come. How do I know that? Because I booked these guests on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, Sports Plus to the Max. I uh, mentioned uh, yesterday that it was a strange day having Sharif Foolis on the radio and then walking down to Nicollet Mall later that uh, in the early evening last night, beautiful night, and finding out there had been a shooting right across the street from him right after, after he got off the phone with us uh, on the radio from there. And in Reverend Jerry McAfee, 21 Days of Peace, and of course, uh, uh, a beacon of hope on the north side was also there. So we engaged in an interesting conversation, and I asked him to participate tonight with me here uh, because, uh, you know, it's almost uh, the, the drama continues, so to speak. Reverend McAfee, thank you for joining us in the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I don't know. Do you know the status of the young lady that was shot yesterday? Yep, she is paralyzed from the waist down. Is that right? Yep, and the young lady uh, that did the shooting turned herself in last night. So did she leave the scene initially and then and then they caught her or yeah. she turned herself in? She turned herself in, yeah, she left the scene. Okay, yep. okay. So by the time squads got there, she was gone? Yep. Wow. I mean, how does that strike you when you see something like that? And you hear something it's right in front of you. It was right in front of the people that that, that, that you uh, have empowered as volunteers, but it puts them in harm's way to an extent as well. How, how does that strike you when you hear that? Well, I was right there. I was maybe. Were you that? You were there too at the time, huh? Oh yeah. I Can't was, tell us I what you there. saw. Well, earlier when we first got there, one of the guys who we built relationship with came up and said, "Rev." These girls are on something today. Uh, y'all need to try to get them. So I went to one group of young ladies who, you know, we've met since we've been down there. And when Chasma, who's another young lady that works with us, uh, she went to the other group, you know, just trying to talk them down. So the one young lady that I was talking to uh, had been maced by the young lady who had gotten, uh, who got shot. And we saw them you know, moving around and going at the target, looking for these other girls. I told Sharif, I said, hey, let the people in target know that these girls coming in there so they can be prepared. Well, the young lady who had got mace was getting her water. The security from U.S. Bank got her water, you know, to flush your face and stuff and get that stuff wiped off. And then she was telling me what happened about the fight that took place the day before and all that other crazy stuff. So they needed some more water. So I walked off to Target to get some more water. On my way back, uh, this group had already moved out. It was moving back up towards, uh, oh, God, it's the 8th. Yep. And so when I got back, there was a big group there surrounded by these three girls. And, you know, our people was right in the midst. And Mad Dads that came back out did an excellent job in helping them, uh, you know, get one out the store. And they try to bring, bring peace to it. And as I'm, you know, I gave one lady the water, and I'm moving up to give the other lady the water, and you heard the shot, bam! And man, people started running. I ducked around the corner, and then when I come back around the corner, the young lady was laying there, and just one one guy was there. So then the, again, the police was right across the street. And, uh, you know, then everybody moved in to try to help. But, and it happened just that quick. Just that quick. And, 
just back and, and the suspect crowd. was gone already because there, there was because there was the crowd was so big and the commotion enough that, that they were able to just skirt him or what? Yep, she the, she 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 shot her, uh, put the gun in her purse, and walked over to a car, and they took off. <laughs> and could you see that the uh, the wounds were life threatening right away? Well, right, it was in her stomach, so it wasn't even a lot of bleeding. If you went over, you you couldn't even tell that the lady was shot. Hmm. And then, now, what state was she in? In shock, or was she not moving, or what? She was, she was in shock. You can see that her eyes had rolled back, you know, some, uh, but she was, you know, pretty much non-responsive. And the police got there and, you know, started uh, doing some different things, and then the paramedics showed up. How How old was she? Would you estimate? If I'm, I would think she was in her twenties. What was what was the beef about? What was the argument about? Do you know? No, but from my experience, probably nothing. Yeah, just escalates. Huh? Yeah, because uh, my, my Chaz was talking. She was saying to the girl because the girl was saying, "Well, they jumped on my sister." the other day and so Chaz she told her well your sister's right here and she don't look like she's hurt and the young girl was there from St. Paul and uh, on her day off heard some girls came all over from St. Paul for some nonsense like that so how can you t- can you tell or can you give any um, is there any words of advice how do you know if someone's carrying a gun do you suspect anybody that has a purse a bag a what you you can't always t- I let me put it to you like this. Unless I see it, I can't tell. They they got them things concealed so well. <clears throat> you gotta be great at doing that. And this young girl was near me. The the one who did the shooting was near me when I was helping the girl uh who had gotten maced. Mm-hmm. And you could not tell she had a gun in that bag. Were you surprised that she turned herself in or was it a situation where everybody knew who it was and it was just a matter of time? Well, one, everybody certainly knew who it was because the cameras is all over downtown. Sure. But I had heard that she had a uh, license to carry. Okay. So it wouldn't have been like, you know, she was... That that part wouldn't have been a violation of the law. No, not from what I know, because, you know, the girl spit on her and uh, she was pulling out the mace again. So I don't, again, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with it, but it, it, it just don't seem like it. Would have been too far out of whack, but they'll, the law have to take care of that piece. Yeah. Uh, so tell me where we're at with this, Reverend McAfee. Uh, uh, Minneapolis, downtown, north side, south side. What, what, what area is your most concerning, and what are you seeing right now? The, the, the city, period. Because it's happening all over. Uh, they have not just restricted on Brooklyn Park and Huntington, Brooklyn Center. It's happening all over. One of the things I've consistently said to people, number one, the city, cities, got to create the necessary synergy to deal with it from an intervention perspective. And you got to deal with it from a prevention perspective. We have to have just as much loud voices in our community about what we need to do for ourselves as they did with the police issue. And you're not seeing that response. You're not seeing that level of uh, resources poured into it or otherwise. Uh, one of the sad things that happened 
is if you didn't know what was going on last night, you would have swore up and down the police were the ones that shot the girl. The In the confusion on... Well, it, it, it was no confusion on those of us who was there. Right, but if the you just came walking up... Started, yeah, you'd have been confused. You'd have thought the police shot her. Because we saw what happened the night that guy, the day that guy committed suicide, and they said the police did it, and we and, and they tore down Nicola Mall, you know? Exactly. It was the same type of scenario that they wanted to start blaming the police. And I'm looking at this dude like, are you for real, man? Where were you all at when we were trying to stop them early on from fighting? Who could not see that this was going to happen? And you all did nothing. So when the police show up, easy target. You start antagonizing the police like it's them. I, I've, I will say what I've, I, I've said a million times. Number one, and this is my thought, no one will fund our freedom. We've got to do it ourselves. Number two, we've got to do it. If you, if, if, I shared this with the group last week. If you really want to defund the police, okay, good. Let's take down the crime. We, mm-hmm. But we got to do that. As a community, we got to do it. We can't wait on somebody to come save us. We know the, the, these are our sons. These are our daughters. We, we got to do it. And as we hold the police accountable, we got to hold ourselves accountable. Sure. And if we only want to talk about the police, that's that's my problem with the issue of the defunders. That they heavy on the police, but they give those in the community some kind of a break when we're shooting 20 times more than the police is. Yeah. Yeah, how, when you talk about prevention, Reverend McAfee, you've got your 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 uh, ear to the ground, so to speak. Uh, what do you look for when you think somebody's heading in that direction, where they they could be a, a shooter at one point in time? I mean, I mean, are you trying to figure out uh, if they're on drugs? Do you try to figure out do they have a beef with somebody? How, how do you try to get in front of it in terms of prevention? The first thing we do is we engage them. We, we've been down there now since October, and we've been able to get, you know, pretty good relationships. And we've diffused a lot of stuff before it jumps off. A lot of it, because we know them now. As a matter of fact, I, I took about 10 or 12 of them to the 801 restaurant. They didn't even know it was there. They didn't know what it was. They're there all the time and had no idea what it was. Yeah, it just sits on the corner there, and, they, and, and I'm sure they've never darkened it, right? Never darkened it. And I had to call the manager, say, hey, listen, bring our 10 or 12 people from the block in. And I dined them well. And we we start building relationships. So when I show up now, they, they're looking for me. And so when there's issues, they'll pull us to the side now. Uh, here's what's crazy. One young lady, I finally got down there. And they said, real, so-and-so just been fighting all day. I said, what? Let me, let me run up on her. So I see her. I said, all right, come here, babe. Come, to, come, come, come talk to me. What's going on? She said, well, well, the reality is I lost my money fighting over South, and I don't have any money for food. And these are her words, not mine. I can't go in Target and steal none because I'm banned. Hmm. And so I'm just out here fighting. I said to her, I said, well, baby, why didn't you just tell me? So let me go buy you some food. Yep. I said, matter of fact, Sorry, I don't have time to go buy it. If I give you this money, I'm going to tell your roommate, I'm giving y'all money for food, but you got to go buy it. And that's what I did. So one relationship allows us to get beyond the surface and we can help mediate. I mean, we've gotten some in treatment. We've helped some stay in their houses. 
uh, helps them in their relationships. And that's the beauty of it is that if, if you're there, you can start doing some of those things, but staying away won't help. I mean, we're trying to get a thing now, a turning point in others, because this uh, gold rush that they're doing, the fentanyl with the Percocet, yeah. we don't know what the effects is going to be with that. And we're not prepared. A lot of them, if we had houses, you know, maybe for a night that we could send some to, uh, to try to get them well. Uh, but it all starts with relationship. And uh, that's what we're down there for. How bad is the fentanyl problem downtown? Very bad. On the Nicollet side, what we saw you at, the gold rushing pretty much and loud reefer. Mm -hmm. If you go up to Hennepin, between 8th and 9th, you got everything. You got meth, you got crack, you got fentanyl, Percocet, alcohol, of course, is in both. You got some of everything up there. And, you know, some of the stuff they're doing up there, they're selling right out the cars, man. And you don't you don't have enough police officers. You, you just don't. Mm -hmm. You were telling me that Broadway and Lindale, which is another place, a bus stop where if you want to, you know, I mean, I, I sat and watched one day and you just see these deals going down, or at least that's what it looks like from, from where I'm standing. And you, and you say, what, what, do they move the bus stops a little bit? What have they done up there? Yeah, oh, yeah, they, they moved the one away from the liquor store. They first moved it further down the street in their auto zone. Then they moved it again. Because, again, and, and if you watch it, these are younger kids that's doing this, these drugs. They're younger. And, you know, that the station they call the murder station, you just had several people shot up there last week. And the, now here's what blows my mind. In the community, it's known as the murder station. So many shots is fired up there so many times during the year. I'm wondering how they stay open. How do these people keep their license? Right. I, I believe they're dirty, personally. How do uh, they? Good question. We got to Why do they? I mean, why would you want to have a business there? Well, because it's lucrative. Yeah, there's a reason it's lucrative. There's a reason to be in business, is what you're saying. Well, let me, let, let me tell you what we found last year doing 21 days of peace at a lot of those stores. In the summertime, they're selling cups of ice, individual, and they're selling individual cigarettes. Hmm. Not a pack, a cigarette. A lot of them stores don't mind that stuff going on because they're participating in that illegal mess. And it would shock me if that gas station isn't. They've been around much too long. It's been the same for far too long. Somebody can get killed one day. Two days later, it's back the exact same thing. And the business owner is still functioning? No, something, something's dirty. Something's dirty. Yeah, because why would you not want out, right? Exactly. I'll tell you, I, I tip my hat to you. And, you, know, you know, the last thing I'll leave it with, Reverend McAfee, is, and you understand this better than I do and better than most, is um, you, you talked about engaging. I, I can't tell you how many times I have come upon what looks like suspicious people. And, and, and I end up in a conversation with them. Many times they're sports fans and they might recognize me from TV. And, and so I, I get that benefit from them, the, 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 the trust factor from them. But what, what, what my takeaway always is, because we laugh and we have fun and, you know, I'm suspicious that they might be doing the wrong thing. 
But what really what really drives me nuts when I leave there is I think, you know, these kids, and a lot of them are kids I'm talking to, are talented, smart. Uh, they don't have to take a shortcut, but somewhere in their lives they believe they do. But they're actually, they're, I know people find this hard, they're fun people to be around when, when, when they're not, you know, when, when they're not doing what they shouldn't be doing, correct? Yep. Well, you know, I, I one of the things I, I teach at the church is, a person will never move beyond their information base. No, low to no information, low to no good decisions. But if you expand their information base where they can understand that one, you don't have to be this way. And, you know, a lot of times people take for granted, you know, what we know. Some of them was raised in folly. They've never seen anything function as normal. They're, what is normal for them is dysfunctional for us. Some yeah. of that don't know anything other than what they're doing. And it, it would be hard for many to understand, but all you got to do is get out there, follow their, their, their family line. You that's right, and, and that's what you're competing against, right? Exactly. Yeah. Trying to change what they've been doing all their lives, uh, what they've seen all of their lives. What you and I do right now is what we've seen our mothers, fathers, uncles, aunts do. Yep. Some, some of them ain't never seen what we've seen. Yep. This function was the function. Yep. Yep. And, and then you've got people that are recruiting them that are telling them, don't believe Reverend McAfee or Mike Max on the radio or whoever it is, right? Well, you know, they, they call me all kinds of stuff, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm going to call you Reverend Mac, and I, we're, we're running out of time. But great, uh, in a strange way, great to see you last night, and thank you for shedding some light on this tonight. Not a problem, man. Take care. You bet. Uh, I'm telling you, folks, and, and I think I know the CCU audience pretty well. These interviews that we do on here about this should blow you away. But you, and I got to tell you, I would not have said this before, but you better believe it's real and you better believe it's true because I've seen it up close and we ain't lying. Stay with us. Interesting interview with Reverend Jerry McAfee about what goes on. Yeah, and like I said, this is the real stuff, folks. We're, we're not we're not sugarcoating this. In fact, we're probably playing a little bit light. If, if you saw everything that I see, if you and and Reverend McAfee's seen a hundred times more than I, uh, you, you 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 are so um, conflicted with emotions because you're angry that people do this, and you also feel sorry for them at the same time. And you say, you know what, I, I can't uh, help the fact that I was born into a very stable family. You know, I, I was lucky, right? And so, so you feel that piece of it, and you know that they were not probably uh, born into the same situation or circumstances, and so you feel bad for them, and yet you can't allow them to believe that they can take the law into their own hands and just go out and fight whoever they want to fight or pull a gun on whoever they want to pull a gun on. And it is serious, serious stuff. And, and I just end up so conflicted with emotions, and what really gets me is when I sit and talk to these guys that I think could be on the edge, and we have these fun conversations. And, you know, one of, the, one of the stories I tell, uh, in the middle of the riots, we're out there. I mean, there's tear gases burning and blah, blah, blah. And this guy comes up to me in the middle of it all. Because remember, this is 2020. And, and, he, and he grabs me. And he says, hey, 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 sports guy. He says, do, do you think the Timberwolves are going to take Anthony Edwards the first round? <laughs> the first pick? I mean, so it's it's so real, and 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 these these are real people, and and they have lives outside of, and they do real things, and you visit with them, and you say, you but you can't, you can't do that, you can't go down that road, and they 
do, but what really gets you is that they've, they're talented kids. They, they've got great aptitude. They're smart enough to, you know, to, to make it on the streets, some of them. If you're smart enough to make it on the streets, you can make it a lot of different places, but they just don't believe that or they've gotten so far away from it or it's gotten, you know, I, I remember talking to one guy that, that talked to many times and I said, you know, you, why did you, he was incarcerated so many times. And I said, why did you go for the easy money? He says, it wasn't easy money. If it was easy, I wouldn't end up in prison for 15 years. <laughs> that ain't easy money, buddy. <laughs> if that's easy money, I don't want anything to do with it. When we come back at Hiawatha Golf Club, they've got quite a, um, a big vote maybe coming up on whether or not they're going to let that flood and then reduce to just nine holes. It, 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 it's got a lot of fire and a lot of sizzle behind it. And you'll find out why because there's great history to it. Becca Thompson joins us around the corner. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.